Hello everyone, welcome back to the Canberra Motorsports Podcast, and uh, we're going to do rumour reviews today, so basically we're going to pile some uh, rumours, and today we've got Formula 1, NASCAR, MotoGP, and Formula E to finish it off, um, and we're going to just talk about them and briefly, uh, you know, see what uh, opinions I can arise from these. Now the first one we've got um, is Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, poised to host 2022 Formula One season opening double header. So this is this is a interesting one, is because Australia, although has been cancelled for this year, still holds the possibility of taking the opening round again, but for, it would be cancelled most likely again next year if the Victorian government can't let up on COVID nineteen entry um, issues. Um, and I mean, Bahrain definitely, that's the, that's the best choice, but I, but I personally don't see Saudi Arabia, um, coming in as the second, um, you know, the, the, as a double header for the second race of the season. Um, Saudi Arabia is a, uh, we, we haven't seen if it's a good track or if it's not. Um, but I, I, I'm confident that it will be, um, you know, we've, we've we're going to be testing, all sorts of tracks this this, uh, this year. We've got um, Zandvoort, um, possibly Losail. Um, we've already tested Emilia uh, and, and Majali all last year. Uh, I apologise for the background noise. Um, and you know, we're, we're the thing is we're chasing out Saudi Arabia as well. So, and obviously the circuit changes in Yas Marina. And I mean, if it, if it ends up to be a uh, a good good race at Saudi Arabia, then I'm I'm happy to, to for it to you know, sit in the second spot. But if it's an appalling race, I'd rather it be pushed back back with Abu Dhabi. And, you know, we need to work out what, right, we are, where do our priorities lie? And the FIA needs to really find a, a, a race that can excite the fans, has good overtaking. And, you know, the track looks like a spoon. So, I mean, that could be good, it could be bad. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, so, uh, you know, Bahrain's hosted the the races before. It's hosted 2006, 2010, and this year, obviously, uh, as the first race. And that would be the ultimate choice if I was, you know, the, the, the person who decides the calendar. I would definitely choose Bahrain as the, the first one because, again, if Australia was dropped down to October and it's still going to be cancelled, how can we be certain that it's not going to happen again next year? You know, the best to delay Australia again next year, back to October, because we can't be certain if it's going to be cancelled or not. So that's that's you know my best bet, honestly, is that it's it's going to be um, Bahrain again. Jeddah is meant to be hosted on a street circuit for this year and next year, but from twenty twenty three, it's apparently meant to be hosted in, in an entertainment, sports, and arts hub um, outside of Riyadh. Um, which will be interesting. It's one of the two new. There'll be one new two new two circuit. It could be one of two new circuits to come next twenty twenty three, with uh, Russia to move from Sochi to Agora Drive, um, which will be very exciting. They've changed the layout, but I mean, if that if that change they've made to the layout of a perfectly good circuit ruins the racing at Russia again, then come on. You've got to you've got to be honest that, that that's just going to be ridiculous. You know, Formula One's got so many good tracks that they can use. You know, and they're going to they, they really it'd be nice to have a forty race calendar. 
you know, it'd be a long, 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 long calendar, but to race every week would be brilliant, you know? If, if we had, uh, you know, if we actually took into account the racetracks that were brilliant, the racetracks that we have that uh, that we can use that are brilliant, that we haven't tried yet, and the races that are absolutely trash, the, the races that we put at, 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 at the end were the races that are trash, and the people can make sure that the title fight is decided before we hit those races. Um, you know, and we have so many good tracks that have the grade one certification that can still be used for Formula One. You know, Esteril, Mugello, um, what the chain circuit and uh, Thai, you've got Fuji Speedway, um, uh, you know, Sochi, I mean, is a bad race, but it, it, it's still got the, the certification. You've got Valencia that could have been, you know, the, the Valencia street circuit that could have been used for so much longer, but they've just deserted it. It was a brilliant, brilliant track and, you know, just needed some motor momentum to get some racing going. But uh, it still doesn't mean that, you know, you can desert a track like that and it's not being used by anything else, of course. And if Formula E was around at the time that it was deserted, you know, it was two years too late. But it, it still could have been saved and used for Formula E. Um, so the FIA really needs to, to, to work on managing its circuits a bit more and making sure that we get um, all the circuits that we have that can be used for great racing in the calendar, slam-packed in even. I, I'd really love to see at least a 30-race calendar in the future so that we can have, you know, and remove all the absolutely terrible races, work on fixing those tracks up, then put them back on the calendar and just, you know, chop and change from there. Because, you know, the races we've had this year, you know, Austria, France, um, Belgium that we're going to have, hopefully, um, all sorts. Um, they've been really good. The, the title fight has been kept alive by Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton this season. It's been really, really close and really, really good. But it's not going to be good when it comes down to Sochi. They're just going to be sitting there like, oh, Lewis Hamilton's won it again, you know? it's it's We don't want to see that. We want to see brilliant, brilliant, brilliant racing. So, um, yeah, we'll move on to the next one, but I, I'm still... I'm in doubt about the Saudi Arabia race and I'm hoping that Zandvoort and uh, Saudi Arabia, of course, can prove that it's really, really good racing. Now, the next one is Bottas uh, poised to move to Alfa Romeo Link. Uh, it's, it's a, he's in the link to join Alfa Romeo uh, for next year if Mercedes opts for Russell. Um, he's emerged as the lead candidate for Alfa Romeo Racing Orlin, um, and Mercedes obviously will decide over the summer break. Which will, once Mercedes decide of the summer break, I'm sure Red Bull will as well. And that then will shake up the silly season with drivers of all sorts and Williams will go off and Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri and all sorts. They'll get their drivers in and everyone will be locked in and loaded. Um, but I mean, if, if Bottas joins Alfa Romeo, that's, a good, that's good for him because he can join a team where he's not being pressurized to help another driver. He can go back to his number one status that he was at Williams. Um, and, you know, be a better driver than he is at Mercedes. You know, he'll get... I mean, how... The thing with the new regulations is, how do we know that Mercedes are going to be dominating again next year? How do we know that Red Bull are going to be dominating again next year? Simply, simple answer is, we don't. If Mercedes are at the back next year, brilliant. We don't have to see Lewis Hamilton dominance. But if Williams are at the top next year, 
and or Alpha Male and Bottas goes to there. Brilliant, you know. And if it's much closer as well, considering the new regulations, that they're going to be able to follow a car without the dirty air being affected and all sorts. It's going to be a much better season next year, and I'm sure we we can see that coming with all the racing um, adjustments that the FIA has made. And if it's if the cars prove to be unrealistic to the goals that the FIA has um, put in, then you know, we're going to be stuck with us for a while and the FI needs to really snap on it. Um, but, I mean, Bottas to Williams or Alfa Romeo looked like, and all Mercedes, obviously, were the only reasonable options. They won't... Helmut Marko has already made it clear. They're not going to take him in at Red Bull. Franz Tost, I'm sure, would love to take him in at Alfa Tari, but how, he'll be still... Bottas will still be under the jurisdiction of Helmut Marko, which means, no, you're not going to Alfa Tari. So, um... The, t- the team has insisted that no decision has been made yet, um, that being Mercedes, obviously, that, um, you know, no driver has been cha- changed yet. Well, uh, you know, a contract has been signed. But, I mean, it looks like it already has, considering what Toto has been saying and um, over the media and all sorts. It, it's not – it's unprofessional to, 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 to for Bottas, honestly. It's, it's sad to, to have a team boss – you know, hinting that they've got a decision already made. So, I mean, if the decision is made, that is okay. But, you know, it's it, the, the drivers need to be informed. So we're going to move on to the next one now. But, I mean, I'm sure, sure Frederick Rivester would love to sign Valtteri Bottas for next season. Um, he's a speed, the character, and he's a team player. So, which is important for, for the team dynamics as well. So, we'll... Um, we're going to move on to the next one, which is uh, sort of an F1 Formula E, um, you know, coincide here. Um, Total Wolf has labelled that Nick Fries and Stoffel Van Dorn, both Mercedes EQ Formula E drivers, um, should be in F1. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn obviously being, meaning being back. And De Fries, who won the 2019 Formula 2 title, didn't get a Formula 1 seat. Every, every door was shut. Um, and now it's looking likely uh, that he could join Williams. There's a whole list of drivers um, Williams could, could choose. They could replace both the drivers, um, both George Russell and Latifi. George Russell, meaning that he goes to uh, the Saudis and uh, Latifi being that he's just dropped. Um, but, we'll, you know, they have a lot list of drivers that includes Nick DeFries, Van Dorn, uh, Valtteri Bottas, uh, Danny Kvyat, Nico Hulkenberg, um, and, you know, some of the junior drivers currently in F1 and F2, like uh, Dan Tictum, Tipped him and all sorts. Um, Nicholas TV still on that list as well. Um, you know, De Vries has come back and uh, at the London EPRI was very, 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 um, like, you know, mind blowing to watch. He went from ninth to second in the first one for the first race and, you know, steadily paced himself in the second one, which um, ended up with Lucas Degrassi doing uh, real, <laughs> a very, very smart move, but something that was penalised. We'll get that. We'll discuss more uh, about that in the uh, uh, the weekly update. Um, but you know, Toto's uh, speaking that Stoffel was thrown in a situation with McLaren that was difficult to handle back in the day. They both deserve to, to be in Formula One. That being Freese, you know, I would very much hope they can find their way back. Um, you know, Williams could have Danny Kvyat, could have Nico Hulkenberg. Um, you know, they all have plenty to offer. 
that's the only problem I have is that, um, you know, there's so many um, drivers in outside of the sport who have a lot to, to, to give for the sport and to um, who still have loads of potential. You know, um, Alonso came back, you know, he left and came back. Hulkenberg still do the same. Kvyat can do the same. Um, I mean, if, if I, I honestly personally think Tsunoda, uh, either if he stays for next year, he's going to lose that spot. He's consistently behind Gasly. I mean, you're going to you're probably going to judge and say, "Well, it's only his first season," but that's true. But if you're going, you've got to expect something. You've got you can't expect much when you pick up a driver who sat in sat in fifth of the Formula Two Championship. He, if you want a driver from Formula Two that needs to move up to Formula One, you really want them in the top three. So, no, I don't think was in the top three. I'm pretty sure he was sitting fifth at the time he was picked up. So um, I'm, I'm thinking that Helmut Marco needs to consider this as a you know a problem. I, I'm hoping that Alex Albon gets a seat back in Formula One. He deserves it so much more than um, you know so much more than others like um, Nikita Mazepin, for example. Like Mazepin's proved himself to be consistently slower than his teammate and consistently you know, slower than Albon as well. Albon, obviously, you can't compare the two. You haven't, you can't compare the two at the moment. But it's it's obvious, you know, if you put Nikita Hatmazepin and Alex Albon in a, in a, in a Mercedes, who's going to come, come out on top? Alex Albon. So I think at this stage, it's, it's obviously too early to call on which drivers are going to go where. I feel like Nick Freeze would be a brilliant option for Williams if they take it. Um, he, he deserves a Formula 1 seat, and um, I'm sure he, he would be happy to get into Formula 1 um, finally. But I, I, I still don't see it as logical for um, Russell to stay at the team. So, you know, uh, if, if they have a completely new lineup, that'd be brilliant. I don't, I'm not a hater of Latifi, and I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Russell, but I still, you know, like him as a driver. Um, but he's he's Latifi's still uh, he's still in his learning stage, and I think that he, that Williams they're really on the rise from now on. And if as Jos Capito says, they're not looking at pay drivers, then Britain and Hulkenberg and Kvyat they're two perfectly good options. The freeze is a good option as well. So I think um, Williams need to work on what's going on in their lineup. Now we're going to go on to MotoGP now. Um, if you did, if you, I wonder if you, if you've heard the news that Maverick Vinales has left the uh, Monster Energy Yamaha MotoGP team, uh, ended his contract early. He'll be leaving at the end of the season. To um, yeah, he terminated his contract with Yamaha. Um, so I, I'm I'm sure he will um, find another another seat elsewhere. That being could be Aprilia, maybe. Um, he's rumored to go there, but Yamaha is considering two people at the moment, that being Andrea Davizioso and Franco Morbidelli, for his spots. Um, I expect it, it, it could be um, Franco Morbidelli possibly remaining at um, uh, Petronas Yamaha SRT, uh, just because of the fact that uh, Davizioso is a much more experienced, and uh, I think maybe possibly, I mean, we, we can't judge at the moment, but uh, possibly a faster rider on that Yamaha once he gets up to speed. Um, and I think the 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 way that Davizioso performed 
in his last season, that being 2020, wasn't the best. And, you know, that Ducati wasn't the best either. But he, I think he needs a refresher in another team that can, you know, that can open his mind. And I'm sure um, Franco Morbidelli, you know, the, the Pachorinus Yamaha ESO2 team have already ruled out that Davizio is not going there. So that's 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 the end of that. But um, the, the Davizio meets a series of requirements from Yamaha to be able to take the place, um, that being Maverick Rignales' place, from necessary quality and level to arrive and be able to fight right from the beginning, that, from the top for the for the top places, to the experience and the knowledge of, that he has of the Yamaha as well. Um, the only drawback that he has, uh, oh, uh, that I've been informed of, is that He's only he's going to be turning thirty six next next year, um, but he's he's still available. Um, so he's if he gets a main ride for next season, we can guarantee it's going to be Aprilia or Yamaha. So it's not going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything else about that. Um, Yamaha has been interested in Raul Fernandez, but KTM's already locked him in uh, with the termination clause, obviously as well. So um, Franco Morbid, Morbidelli also. He's a, he's a he's a solid rider, but I'm I'm I I would love to see Davizioso back and Franco Morbidelli stay in that Petronas Yamaha seat. You know, Davizioso really does deserve to come back and actually prove that Ducati, you know, kind of screwed him over a bit with um, Petrucci. So um, I'm sure we'll I'm, I'm sure we'll either we'll get a, a official announcement on when uh, on who Yamaha have picked within the next couple of months um but yeah I, I don't think i don't see um any chance that rossi's going to come back that vinales obviously terminated his contract he's got no contract signed as of yet vinales um so he could end up as we're doing sabbatical like dovi has done um but for now uh i'm sure that you know there won't be any change um in the um uh, there won't be any change at the moment with the, the Yamaha lineup. We'll know that within the um, next few weeks, next few months, sorry. Now, the next MotoGP one is a, a reigning six-time World Superbike champion, Jonathan Ray, um, not ruling out a potential MotoGP 2022 switch. He's, he's linked to Petronas Yamaha SRT and MotoGP for next year. He said, never say never. Um, but he has signed a multi-year Kawasaki World Superbike deal. Um, Val- if Valentino Rossi retires at the end of the year or moves to race on his own, uh, Valentino Rossi 46 Ducati, um, the possibility now is the alleged title sponsorship between Aramco and uh, VR46 doesn't exist. Um, Petronas Yamaha, Sepang Racing Team, may need to find two new riders for next year, which um, Garrett Gerloff... Um, he didn't have a, 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 a stunner performance, but it's still decent for, for Yamaha, I guess, if that's what they, they want. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that Ray will be still in the, um, in the, in the series, in the World Superbike Championship. I don't see, I don't see him switching to MotoGP this early. I think... He'll just work it, work out what he wants to do, and move on from there. I'm sure that um, the the MotoGP um, 
grid would be welcoming to take him on, you know, were, you know, if, even if it's Yamaha or something, someone else. But um, if it's still uh, a good uh, a place to go for Ray, then I'm sure he will move to MotoGP. Pardon me. Now we're going to move on to NASCAR. Um, now, obviously, Ryan Newman uh, has been completely vetted out of his seat by Brad Kozlowski, who moves to Roush Fenway Racing in, for next year. Um, so he takes the number six, and Ryan Newman is headed to free agency for next year. Um, he's got three uh, predictions that he could – there's three um, uh, possible landing spots that he can go to. Um, that, that first one could be a smaller team – um, like, you know, Rick Weir Racing or um, Petty Weir, Richard Petty Motorsports or something like that. Um, you know, it's still a possible place to go for him. He's not been doing too well in Roush Fenway Racing as well. Um, as well, you know, another thing is he could still turn, um, he could still stay at Roush Fenway Racing with another, if they have another car. Um, if they, you know, bring in a three-car team, um, as well. Now the other one I, the, is is obviously retirement. He's turning forty-four next year, um, which is uh, obviously for NASCAR that is um, insane. But for, for you know, but for motorsport in general, forty-four and still racing is insane. But forty-four in NASCAR obviously is not that bad. But it's 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 still um, quite a bit. Still quite old, and I'm sure that there's got to be an option somewhere for for Ryan Newman. Um, but he, yeah, you know, as you get older, you drop off in pace, and I, I'm sure we've we've seen that recently this year. Uh, it's either that the the Rash Runway Racing car uh, number six hasn't been that good, or that he's just dropped off. You know, we saw him leading the race, uh, the the Daytona 500, uh, before the at the finish line before he got taken out and had a massive uh, high side and not high side crash um uh, you know into the wall there but uh that's still there so i mean if he if he stays in nascar that'd be good for for his fans but if he doesn't um that's nothing, nothing they can do now the next one is uh about kurt bush um as because of chip ganasty racing is leaving nascar um Obviously, and they're well, they're being acquired by Trackhouse Racing, um, so he uh, he's not going to be behind the wheel of a number one Chevrolet again. Um, he's still he still can um, re- retire from the the, the NASCAR seasons, but uh, I don't see that happening. He's won a race this year, that which which was a superb drive um, by Kurt Busch, and I, I, I can see him um, ending up. Still staying at Trackhouse or um, going to Twenty Three XI Racing, which is a team owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. Um, that you know they will run two cars. Trackhouse will um, next year, so that could be that they, they haven't obviously announced a number, but they should be running the ninety nine um, Chevrolet for Daniel Suarez. Um, uh, so it's either going to be Kurt Busch or Kurt Busch or Ross Chastain. So. Um, We'll see. Um, you know, Kurt Busch is a, a really good driver, but I, I, you can't count him out for an NASCAR seat um, ever. You know, he's a, he's always there. 
Um, uh, you know, I'm not a fanboy, but I, I, I still want him to stay in the, the series. He's, he's obviously got a lot of talent left in him, unlike Ryan Newman, it looks. So I think he um, he could sit, sit in another um, either Chevrolet or a Ford or a Toyota next season. Now we're going to go to Formula E, which is the last thing for today. Alex Albon has been shortlisted by Nissan Edams for a Formula E campaign. Nissan Edams have confirmed that Alex Albon is being considered for a seat with a Formula E outfit. Um, they currently field uh, 2015-16 to 16 Formula E champion Sebastian Buemi and Oliver Rowland. But the, the Britain Oliver Rowland will leave the team next year to go to Mahindra. Um, so that means, obviously, that's going to create a chain reaction. So either Lynn or Sims will leave Mahindra um, to let Oliver Rowland in. Um, I, I honestly see that it's going to be Sims, sadly. Um, he's one of my favourite drivers in Formula E. Unfortunately, I have a lot of favourites in Formula E. It's such a good racing series. If you don't watch it, make sure you go watch it. It's a brilliant series. So, uh, so un, um, you know, un, uh, unpredictable. That's the word I was looking for. Um, 2018, uh, in 2018, Albon was actually signed up to race with Nissan and F in Formula E, but the, the British tyre racer and negotiators release ahead of the start of the season after receiving an offer from Helmut Marco to join Toro Rosso in Formula 1. And that's, there, then he went to Red Bull later on the season. And, um, da, 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 da. But um, if Alex Albon joins Formula E, um, that would be a good a good thing to see um, for, for, for uh, you know, the, the team and uh, for Nissan to get an, an experienced driver in there as well. Um, he's young, he's got... Opportunities everywhere on on his uh, plate, and I'm I'm sure we'll see him um, either in Formula E sometime soon, whether it's in Nissan, and I'm sure that uh, the the grid for next season is going to be quite shaken up as well. I'm looking forward to seeing Oliver Rowland in the Mahindra, and I'm sure it'll be Alex Lynn alongside him, and possibly even they replace both the drivers. I'm sure they won't with Alex Lynn, who's just won uh, the round twelve of the London E Prix. Round 13, sorry. Um, that's going to be the end of the podcast for today. And make sure you do go and check out all the camera on social media, the YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Um, and stay tuned for the next episode, which will be the weekly update tomorrow. Goodbye.